This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, welcome to it once again. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining me today on this Wednesday, January the 3rd. And uh, a couple of things I'm working on here today. So if I'm a little bit distracted at times, maybe, I'll try to limit that to only when Elliot is aboard and talking. I'll just ignore him and go about my work. Uh, it sounds like Connor Geeky uh, of Wenatchee in the Western Hockey League and Matthew Savoy uh, get done as soon as today. Sounds like Geeky is off to Swift Current and Savoy is off to Moose Jaw. So we will see where those end up. But those are a couple of things that um, if you see me looking over at my phone a lot, I kind of keep it right here beside me on this holder and this charger. Uh, if you see me looking a lot, uh, a lot to my left, your right, if you're watching on 360, that's why. Uh, anyhow, a couple of things for today. Elliot returns uh, coming up here in a couple of moments. Corey Lavalette will talk about the suddenly resurgent Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it's Wednesday. That means it's time for Greg Wyshynski and MVSW one more time. And George Richards talks to us about how mm, Nick Cousins may be the most hated man in the NHL. And proved it again last night in that win against the Arizona Coyotes. So there's your show today. Topics, you know, we'll talk about uh, Nick Kiprios' report yesterday about uh, William Nylander and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll discuss the uh, PWHL game last night. Montreal over Ottawa in overtime. Over 8,000 people taking in that one as well. Uh, the Martin Jones 3-1, 31-save shutout over the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Maple Leafs win that one. Big question there is, do the Maple Leafs go back with Martin Jones or do they go with Dennis Hill to be tonight as the Maple Leafs face off against the Anaheim Ducks? Only two games on the board this evening around the NHL. Uh, Ovechkin and Crosby go head-to-head again yesterday. Uh, the Capitals win and both players score a goal in the uh, in the meantime. And Connor McDavid must be nice when you wake up and you say, this is the kind of game that I want to have. And then you go out and you have that game. One goal, four assists as the Edmonton Oilers take care of the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday to extend their winning streak. Um, Jonathan Huberto and the Calgary Flames. So Huberto, I know, almost went 0 for December. And he picked up an assist on the last night. And it was, whew, he got one. It was an assist on the game winner. And then last night scores the game-winning goal, Jonathan Huberto. Now, Minnesota's lost three straight. The Calgary Flames trying to keep in the mix here, and we know that the Calgary Flames are going to do whatever it takes to make Jonathan Huberto work with the Calgary Flames. And when players are going through slumps and when players are going through funks, the likes of what Jonathan Huberto has been going through this season They change things. Um, You know, at the beginning of the year, we saw Alex Ovechkin, for example, switch from CCM sticks. Uh, He started experimenting with Bowers, I think, either in practice and maybe in games as well. There were some Warrior sticks that he used as well. Well, Jonathan Huberto has changed one thing very distinctively about his setup, and he talked about it yesterday after the Calgary Flames beats the Minnesota Wild. Here's Huberto. I got to give credit to, to Mark Savard for he's been taping my stick. So uh, black tape too. So he wanted me to give him a shout out. So I got to gotta say it. When did that start? Uh, the past two games. So really? Yeah, so uh, we're just creating some things. So yeah, he's, he's pretty pumped up there. There you go. Uh, taping sticks with Savvy uh, used to be a YouTube sensation, and now it is helping uh, elite-level players with elite-level contracts out of their slumps. So he assists on the game winner uh, on New Year's Eve and then scores the game winner last night as the Calgary Flames beat the Minnesota Wild. As we bring in Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Black tape now for Jonathan Huberto. Elliot Friedman, that's the headline on this show. 
you will try anything at this point in time. I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> I remember when yeah. uh, covering the Jays, Jose Cruz Jr. was going through a big slump. And uh, yep. we asked him about adjustments when he got out of it. And he's like, I just changed the way I put on my pants. And I don't think he was telling yeah. the truth, but I probably would have believed it. <laughs> Players will try anything. Like I, I was just talking before he came on about, you know, Ovechkin trying, you know, different sticks, you know, away from CCM into Bauer. And here's a couple of Warriors I want to sample as well. Like we see this change the gloves, change the skate sharpening. Like they'll change the way they put on equipment instead of dressing left to right, they'll go right to left. So it really shouldn't come as any surprise that, you know, Jonathan Huberto very much at the point where he was about to try anything because, you know, before that game on the 31st, he was about to go 0 for December for each. Uh, yeah, nightmare. I mean, it, it's it's a nightmare. There's, you know, and the thing is, too, is that you just hope that it can build. You're just, you're, if you're Huberto and you're the Flames, you're just praying that it's not a one-off and uh, it's going to build. Yeah. So uh, we'll see there. And happy for Jonathan Huberto. No one wants to see anyone go through uh, what Huberto's gone through this season on the ice. Uh, A couple of things. Uh, I want to get to the Maple Leafs game from last night. But before we get there, and I want to get to the Oilers game um, uh, with you last night as well, the win over the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Your thoughts on, and you guys talked about it uh, yesterday on the program, uh, Nick Kiprios was a report yesterday on Real Kipper and Bourne about the William Nylander situation and a contract that could be in the 11, maybe 11-2-5 area, which would make a lot of other players around the NHL, maybe Elias Patterson specifically, very happy should he sign that. Yeah, I'm like I said, I, I think that it's, uh, like, obviously I'm not disputing anything Nick said. Uh, I think he's right. I think they're in... Uh, they're very serious about it. Um, I think it's advanced pretty far. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not. I'm not expecting anything today because you know it's game day. Um, but I, yeah. I do think there's a chance. Like I, I do think it's possible it could happen pretty soon. Um, they've been working at it really hard. Um, the Maple Leafs. Look, in the summer they were never close. They were just never close. Mm. And now you're looking at. Um, Nylander is on pace for 45 goals and 117 points. Uh, he's made his case very clear. I think the Maple Leafs made a big move. Um, they bent in that direction. And now I think they're just, everybody's just trying to find what the sweet spot is. Uh, in no way am I disputing Nick's numbers. I just don't know. Um, I, I, but I think mm. that that's the kind of area where it, it's going to be around. Um, but the, I mean, the bottom line is, Toronto stepped up. They they made it a priority to get it done. I think they want certainty on Nylander, and uh, it looks like they're going to get it in the in the very near future. Okay, everybody listening in Vancouver right now, please spare me the does everything have to revolve around Toronto tweets and DMs and texts, but here I go. Do you think this is one of the things that Elias Patterson has been waiting for? No. The Nylander contract I, I, to happen? I think one thing is not relevant to the other. Um, I, I don't. I think that with Pedersen, look, he's going to get paid, and the Canucks are going to pay him. It's just a matter of when he's ready for it. I, I really think that that's what it comes down to. I think the Canucks have already decided he's getting a big number, and um, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of 
when Pedersen's comfortable with it. I don't think the. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess you could always argue it's relevant for comparison's sake, but I don't think Pedersen needed Nylander to sign to make his decision. I mm-hmm. think that his decision is based on how he sees his situation, and I, I don't think the two of them are really comparable just in terms of – I don't think the situations are comparable because I don't think Patterson needed Nylander to sign to say, oh, that's what Willie got, now I can go too. I, I, I don't think those situations are relevant to each other. Last night, by the way, we'll, we'll get to this. Um, as Rick Talkin mentions, uh, the best period of hockey from the Vancouver Canucks last night is they took care of the Ottawa Senators 6-3, five-goal outburst uh, in the first period. Elias Pettersson with a pair of goals in that game last night. Vancouver 8-1-2 and uh, in their last 11. Um, with the Maple Leafs, you guys talked about this yesterday as well. Martin Jones back-to-back or Martin Jones to Dennis Hildeby? Well, I'd like to see Hildeby just because I want to see it. Um, you know, and, and Nick and Justin were pretty adamant that they would like to see Hildeby too. I did think it was interesting that last night post-game, Jones said, I can go. And, and Keith said, well, sure. this is going to be a conversation between me and Curtis Sanford and Brad Tree Living. So it's not like they pumped the brakes on this. Now, someone pointed out to me that, you know, last Friday when we did the Columbus game, my argument not putting um, Jones in the third period was he can't put him in position where he could get hurt with wall out. Like, you're yeah. stuck. And, you know, the same person heard me say last night um, that I, he would, I would play Jones back-to-back, and he said, I wouldn't do it for the same reason. Like, like he said, you're being inconsistent. I said, it won't mm. be the first or last time. But, you know, he, I, he just said, like, if you're not going to play Jones in the third period last Friday in Colorado, he said, like, when is the last time Jones has played back-to-back? Why would you do that? Until Wool is healthy, at some point, like, he said it's bigger picture than the one game. You cannot afford for Jones to get hurt right now. So he said for injury reasons and just precautionary reasons, I guess, he would play Hildeby tonight. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. But I did think it was interesting they didn't discount it. Clearly, they yeah. are thinking about it. You just see, want to see a giant netminder in there. Like, you just want to see a massive mound of goalie in there in, in Dennis Hildeby. I, I can recall when he was drafted, uh, someone from another team texting me saying, you know, he's not there yet, but the Maple Leafs just got a diamond in the rough. Uh, mm-hmm. Over at this table, we love that pick. And he's like, I mean, you know me, Elliot. I don't like releasing goaltenders in the American League for like 100 games. Like, I'm that guy. But having said that, like, for the curiosity factor, I'd love to see Hilda be tonight. I just don't know that this is, uh, he's not auditioning for a top role. This will be merely, I, I just want to see the, the, the curiosity of seeing, you know, maybe the future between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs in net tonight against the Ducks. Well, I think it's just interesting. It gives another, it gives you another reason to watch a game, aside from the fact it's on our air and I support the network, right? Like it just gives you. Uh, mm. I want you want to see this guy. Um, you know, it, the one thing that's that's most interesting about all of this is I am not convinced that everybody involved thought this was the right decision um, to to bring him up yet. I believe that. 
Yeah, I believe like, that. I don't think everybody agreed that this was the right thing to do at this time. Like, I think you're right. I, I think they, I think the organization believes they have a real find here and that this is someone yes. they're going to be able to count on for a long time. And they're very hopeful based on what they've seen. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, someone said to me, if, if you call him up and he can't handle it, is he ever going to be ready? And I'm like, I, I don't know if I buy that logic. I don't think that's a really good yeah. argument. I just think you're, what are you doing everything the right way? And, you know, I just think they got boxed into a corner here because of Wool's injury and Samsonov's struggles. And, you know, I, I just heard, like, they were, I think Toronto was more than willing to say, look, can we give up a late-round pick to get someone who can, you know, keep us in above water for a couple of weeks? And I just don't think they found anything there. Like, I think the, either the prices yeah. were higher or they didn't like the goalie and... You know what, Jeff? I think they just got to a point where they said, this is our best option, and we're going to do it. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll watch and see what happens tonight uh, on our network as the Toronto Maple Leafs facing off against the Anaheim Ducks. The New Jersey Devils uh, will also take on the Washington Capitals. Uh, no Timo Meyer in that one, by the way, Elliot. Lindy Ruff calling it a... Not an upper body injury, not a lower body injury, but a medium body injury. Do with that whatever you see fits. Uh, I want to ask you about the Winnipeg Jets. Or abdominal or something yeah. like that. Correct. That's what um, I want to ask you about the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Winnipeg beats Tampa last night, doubles them up. Stamkos does score in the process. Uh, the Jets uh, are rolling, and we talked about them last podcast. You know, what are the most amazing stats with this Winnipeg Jets streak that they're on here? Um, this one is spectacular. They've allowed three or fewer goals in 26 consecutive games. Rick Tockett is a candidate for the Jack Adams. John Tortorella is a candidate for the Jack Adams. I think we have to put Rick Bonus uh, in that conversation. I know you're going to say Scott O'Neill, and yes, absolutely, did great work uh, when Rick was with his wife. Uh, the Jets are 10-0-3 against Eastern Conference teams. Their last regulation loss was December the 12th. But before we get to last night's game, what did you make of Ryan Hartman and Cole Perfetti Perfetti wearing a wire, as they would say in The Sopranos. Uh, yes, I hope he doesn't meet the same fate as some of the people uh, in The Sopranos who wore wires. Yeah. You know, like, for one thing, it, it kind of shows sometimes that uh, sometimes things happen in this league and it depends on where they happen or what teams they happen with. Uh -huh. Like, look at, what, look at what happened last night in Arizona. Nick Cousins hit someone yeah, from behind, Nick Cousins. and then and then and then Zucker and then Zucker hit clobbered him from behind, and he got you know he got a penalty, but there's no real outrage or screaming about that today. Um, you know, I guess if a tree falls in the forest uh, at Mullet Arena, does anybody hear it? Like you know, like I think that's actually a pretty interesting story in the sense that Tucker. Took the or I want to call him Tucker. Zucker took the you know took it into his <laughs> own hands. Um, so yeah. I, I think that I think that's really interesting that that happened. Like in this particular game, Jeff, it just shows how much it's changed. You know, thirty to forty years ago, nobody would bat an eye at this. It's it's Gino yep. Ogic, Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, and Pavel Bure all over again. 
Um, it's if you don't leave yeah. him alone, we're going to take it out on you. That's the way the game yeah. used to be policed. Um, you know, about this, I think there's a couple of things here. Number one, I heard the Jets were livid behind the scenes, and they're still mad about the Connor injury. They're mad that a yep. player who has a long rap sheet got away with a fine here. I think they feel that, you know, Dylan answered the bell and Lowry answered, answered the bell. So why should it continue? And I, I also would not be surprised here, and I believe it's true, that the Jets were angry over who was the target. They were like, Cole Perfetti mm-hmm. had nothing to do with this, and he's a young player who's had some injuries, and they were angry that he was the person who suddenly had to answer for all of this. And I think all yeah. of that, um, like, you know, Jeff, it was not an accident that got out yesterday. The Jets were making a point. Yeah. Well, and and with the the play, the um uh, the, the the stick to the face, we all know of Cole Perfetti's injury background, which makes that even worse. And yeah. something that someone mentioned to me yesterday, it, it's a good thing he was wearing a mouth guard because that saved his top layer of teeth. Like if he wasn't wearing a mouth guard in that situation, I mean, we'd have a new uh, a new look Bobby Clark in Manitoba, not Flin Flon, but Winnipeg mm-hmm. uh, by way of mm-hmm. Whitby, Ontario. In, in Cole Perfetti, it was, it was the mouth guard that, that essentially saved all of his own teeth. By the way, for those that are into these types of grudges, uh, the next game is February the 20th. Uh, I think that will be very well attended, Elliot, and uh, a very mm-hmm. well-viewed game as well. Uh, Vancouver doubled up the Ottawa Senators yesterday. I mentioned the five-goal explosion in the first period. Anything more to add onto that one? Other than maybe from the Ottawa point of view, I was talking to Mendez about this yesterday on the show, from the Ottawa side of things, uh, Vlad Tarasenko with Always a pair careful. of goals. Yeah. Uh, Vlad Vlad Tarasenko is not uh, part of the future for the Ottawa Senators. We know who the core is. What do you think happens if Vlad Tarasenko come trade deadline time? Well, I think right now, if you're Ottawa, you're you're starting you're looking at sell off options, right? And and you know what, Tarasenko yes. and, and Kubalik are probably the two biggest names uh, on your list. Um, you're, there's there's no question about that. Um, you know, it's it's tough there right now. I mean, that was. I was watching that game last night. It was on at the same time as the Leafs game I was working with um, Nick, Justin, and Dave, and and it was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. Like you're watching that first period, and they got steamrolled, absolutely steamrolled, uh, by the Vancouver Canucks. And you know, you're sitting there and you're saying, you're, you're just, you're, you're just in shock. And you know, they got. They had that big win in Toronto and everybody's kind of feeling good about themselves and and you go out and you start the trip mm-hmm. with that. And um you know like like I think Ottawa's got some really, really big decisions to make. Um and, and to me the biggest one, and they have said this internally, is coaching. Um, you know, they you know, when they hired Dave Poulin, uh, like a lot of people started saying um, like that increases the chance that Craig Berube is going to be the coach there. And I don't know that's true, mm. but I know a lot of people think that. Um, but, you know, like they really, like, I, I think there's, there's two things here. I think checking is both um, an attitude 
and a structure. You're taught so you know you, you have two things that you have to have check. Number one, a structure of where you want to get people to go and how you're going to do it. And number two, the attitude to win the battle and get the puck. And in particular, that first period last night, you didn't see much of either. And, you know, the, the thing about the Senators, and the same goes with the Sabres, you know, for the rest of the year, I know their fans are tired of hearing it, but it, it doesn't matter because it's true. You need to hear growth. You can't finish the season playing games like Ottawa did last night. So, A, you look, okay, what are they, well, next time out, what do we see? But I just understand from a Senator fan how disheartening that was to watch last night. Yeah, and it was over quick uh, after the first mm-hmm. 20. Um, okay, a couple of things here. I want to make sure that I get one thing in because I think this might, this might be an interesting little exercise. So we've seen uh, two games now in the PWHL. Uh, New York wins game one. They shut out Toronto. And then last night, Montreal takes overtime. Uh, and Sophie Bate with the overtime heroics, Montreal over Ottawa. So the PWHL, as you know, is experimenting. I shouldn't say experimenting. They have new rules. This isn't an experiment. Mm-hmm. This is in the rule book. I'm going to go over a couple of rules. And I'm just curious, from your point of view, do you think the NHL would ever consider adopting these? I'll go one by one through a couple of them. Let me know if you've mm-hmm. heard conversation. Let me know what you think the NHL's appetite would be now that uh, there's another North American league that are using these sets of rules. Okay, number one, no trapezoid in the PWHL. Would the NHL ever consider that? You know what? That's come up here and there. There just hasn't been enough support for getting rid of it. I think they, I, I just don't think they want the good. I, I don't think they want to go back to those games where Toronto would play New Jersey and there would be Ed Belfour and Martin Brodeur <laughs> just killing all Passing offensive the attack. Yeah. Like, I just don't think they want that. I remember doing that game and saying, oh my God, this is terrible. And I just don't see yeah. them going back the other way. The thing about that, though, at the NHL level, when they came up with that, like that was for, like you're right, it was it was for, it was for Marty Berdour. Um, Ed Belfort was an excellent puck handler as well. It was also for Marty Turco, uh, who was yep. a tremendous puck handler too. So it was essentially done for two, maybe three goaltenders specifically. I just think the nature of the forecheck now and the nature of how the game is played, I don't know that we'll see goaltenders going out there to be the third defenseman like we used to when you could hold up the F1. Like, I just think it's a different game, but uh, we'll, we'll move on from that conversation. Um, Three-point wins in regulation, the 3-2-1 system of accruing points. Um, I don't, I, I, actually, I actually want to see this because I would like to see how it compares to what, you know, what an NHL standing would look like. Look, like we all know why this is here, right? In the NHL, it keeps more teams in the race. Yeah. And you're always going to do that because in a gate driven league, that's what you want, right? You want to artificially yeah. inflate the playoff races. Like, you know, people say that, you know why they're doing it because they want to keep more teams alive. Well, yeah, I'm because they, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good business decision. <laughs> so, again, yeah. while I understand why people don't like it, I completely get why people don't like it. I, you know, like, I don't think you should expect to see a change. I understand why they do it. So I'm actually curious mm. to see what the standings look like. Like, is there a big difference at the end of the season? 
is it, it right. like, is there something appreciable? But I don't see the NHL changing that anytime soon. Now, I'm totally biased on this one, and you know where I'm going. The shorthand goal ends the oh, penalty, a true penalty kill. Well, you I think, think the NHL would ever idea. do it, though? Yes, I could see that happening someday. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it is, because you know what, Jeff, it encourages offense. And, yes. you know, that to me is what we should be doing here. You know, the NFL, um, which is the most popular league in the, in the country, in North America, in my, my lifetime, it has gone from a defense league to an offense league. Yep. And yep. it has gone from three yards in a cloud of dust to the running game has now helped set up the passing game. It has gone a complete change in my lifetime. Coming out of the 05-06 lockout, the NHL re- basically redid their game because they knew they needed more scoring. Anything that um, anything that creates offense, Jeff, I support. And um, I love that rule, and I'd love to see the NHL adopt it. And I would just like to say, I think this is one of the smartest things that the PWHL is doing. Because, first of all, things are a little bit different. I think people will watch to see how they look. And number two, yeah. there's not, it's not bad to position yourself as a league that will, is willing to try some new things that could position hmm. you as a trailblazer in hockey. Hmm. See, the, I, for me, the idea of the shorthanded goal um, killing a penalty is all about momentum changes. Like if I was running a league, like if anyone was dumb enough to give me that job... I would try to create as many situations that artificially or otherwise change momentum as I could. Like I want it like waves and troughs and waves and troughs and up and down and back and forth. Offenses and offense is part of that. But to me, it's all about the momentum swings that create the excitement. And I think that that's an, an easy way, honestly, Elliot, to create momentum. A shorthanded goal, and you don't have to go back and kill the rest of the penalty, and your player comes out, especially if you're at home, that is an instant momentum shot in the arm for that team. All right, uh, a couple more here. Hold on. You know what? In the shootout. By the way, if you were ever in charge of a league, do you know what that would be like? (laughs) That would be glorious. It would be beautiful. You would love it. Do you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer discovers he's got a long-lost relative who's like a billionaire <laughs> owner of a successful car company, and he designs a car that ruins the Yes, I the do. Company? The car. The car. That's right. That yeah. would be you running a hockey league. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. You might, you might be right on that one. Um, a couple of moments. Let me go over these last two. Uh, in the shootout, and we've seen this before, and we see this in international hockey, five shooters, not three. That way, yeah. I mean, the the idea behind it is you can actually have a comeback story within a shootout when you have five. You can't really do that when you have three. Your thoughts on five shooters? Um, I, I like three. I, I like three the way it is. Um, that one I like better. I'll tell you this. The one rule I would like to see in the shootout is the double IHF rule, which is that if you have a penalty yeah. and it isn't over by the time the shootout begins – then you yeah. can't shoot. I, I like that rule. Yeah. 
Well, how about this one then? And we'll, we'll end on this one. Uh, and we do see this in international hockey as well. Players can shoot multiple times. In the NHL, you have to exhaust your roster. Um, everyone except the mascot has to shoot and before you can double up on your shooters. Uh, I'm I'm mixed on that one. I, I admit I don't have a strong opinion because I've seen it both ways. You remember Jonathan Taves at the World Juniors? That was what really put yes, him on the map. But without that, you also... T.J. Oshie. But, but exactly, T.J. Oshie at the Olympics. But without that, you don't get Merrick Malik. So... You know, I, uh, I see the argument. Yeah. I, I see the argument both ways. I don't have a strong stance on that one way or the other. Merrick Malik and the Great Statue of Liberty celebration. Uh, yes. real, real quick, we don't have enough time for it, but just a, a, a quick thought on Ovechkin versus Crosby. Last night they both score. Uh, the Capitals win. Uh, it's a big first period by the Washington Capitals, and the, the Penguins claw their way back. You know, both of these players are on the shady side of the mountain, no longer on the sunny side of the mountain. Um, it was nice to see them both score. I don't think we're going to get a double hat trick game again between these two against each other anymore in their careers. But just do you have a sort of wide brush thought on what we saw last night? Pittsburgh, Washington, 87 versus the grade eight. Well, first of all, a really great game. I thought Washington was going to win 20 to nothing. I thought, you know, Mike Sullivan could go yeah, all Rod no Brindamore on the bench. And then they had to hang on yeah. for dear life for the win. Um, you know, it was a great game. Um, you know, Vetskin, he's starting to, starting to score a bit. Um, so you wonder if he's starting to heat up. Um, you know, I think we've all been kind of wondering what's been going on this year. Maybe he's starting to get to where he needs to go. Um, but, um, I mean, Crosby to me is is unbelievable. I, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I think Pittsburgh is going to be one of the most fascinating teams in the league over the next two months to the deadline. You know, what do they do? Do they, you know, they still have to sign Gensel, and I don't think that's been easy. Um, I, I just think that, you know, how Pittsburgh approaches this, I'm curious to see if it sets a tone for where the franchise is going. Really, eh? Well, yeah. Like, I mean, do they? They've all. They've always tried to make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The mandate for Dubis is continue to make the playoffs, but rebuild at the same time. So this is the first check as to how they're going to go about doing that. So I'm curious to see what it all means. Okay, speaking of the Capitals, and Ovechkin was the victim of, uh, of, of one of these plays. I wanted to send this to you yesterday, but I forgot. So I'll just tell you on the air here today. Do you know which team in the NHL has been the victim of the most goals taken away by video review this season? Hmm. I'm trying to think. First time. So it's probably, not, it's probably not Washington, right? Because you've kind of thrown them out. Um, now, nah, well, it is. It's Washington Cap, Washington Capitals with nine. Say? Well, that was yeah. why they Caps were so with, frustrated Cap, on Saturday night. I was actually was talking with some <laughs> of the some like when I was at the outdoor, when we were at the outdoor game on on Monday. I was asking a few people yeah. about what they thought about that goal, right? And yep. uh, the one that was taken away on Saturday night, and uh, yep. You know, like, I didn't like that overturn because I, I don't like what it means for where we're going. I just think it's bad if that's a precedent. 
I did have a couple people say to me they wondered if it would be different if Askarov had the glove on the other hand. That they thought that exactly. that was one of yes, one the, of the factors. This the one stick of the wouldn't have been there. caught. I I I agree a hundred percent. The stick wouldn't have been caught in the skates. I totally yes. agree. Like if, on, yes. like, to the point, if that is UC Soros, there's no goalie mm-hmm. interference. The fact that Askarov is a right catch goaltender changes everything. I agree a hundred percent, Elliot. That's what. It, but I'll tell you, like I, I, I do really believe that there are. I, I think that if of all the reviews this year in the league, that one might be the one that had the most people I spoke to in my very small circle uncomfortable. And I'm one mm. of them because you're always worried that that's going to be the standard. And I think people think that's too close in the postseason. Too close. The sound you're hearing now is Kelly Rudy punching his radio. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, on that, we'll let you go. Uh, welcome home uh, again. And, man, did you sleep at all yesterday? Like, you were up at stupid o'clock to fly back, and you went, like, right to the studio, I'm sure, to do the Los Angeles-Toronto game till dumb o'clock as well. Then you spin right back for a hit on NHL radio this morning, and then this little outfit that I'm running here. Do you sleep? Did you sleep at all the last 24, 48 hours? Well, I tried to sleep on the plane, but I sat next to somebody who was really annoying and wouldn't stop talking. And so Who's that? I, 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 I don't, I don't want to say, but I hope they're listening. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so, and then you know, I went home. Uh, not really, no. But uh, the good thing yeah. is, Dave and Nick and Justin carried that show last night, so I got through it. All right, you're going to accept money for that, are you, Elliot, after licking the envelope and mailing that one in? Okay. Hey, uh, um, there's been plenty there you of go. times uh, I've carried other people, so yes, that's going to happen. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you be well. Get some rest. You've earned your pillow. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, buddy. Take care.